0: Hello and welcome to the Social Matters Podcast. Uh, we are free social workers talking about social matters. Um, I'm Nadia. I'm Fran.
1: And Eugene again,
0: episode two. Episode two, yay. Um, so thanks for um, coming back. Um,
1: those of you who have come yeah, back. Yeah, <laughs>
0: those of you that have come back. If you haven't, and this is your first time, very welcome. You're welcome. Um, just I'm just going to blow you up. <laughs> <off.
1: laughs> Me up on there. I was like, I forgot where I was. I <laughs> forgot
0: do, where I was. UG <laughs> just tried to slyly take a pretzel and eat it. And I told him there's no eating allowed <laughs> when we're recording. And he took it out the bowl and then he looked at me and then put it back.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to move did this you, bowl out from the middle of the table. because Did it, you it's lick like, that?
0: <laughs> no,
2: he smelled it. So no, no, close, I didn't lick so it. It, it. It went like,
1: um, I breathed inwardly.
2: I feel like <laughs> I feel like if we were going to have food, I guess just like a marshmallow, like, lump no, thing. Just no Something food. Cause, just because no food. a pretzel's hard, Just no food. N- okay, Nadia's No, but
1: pardon. if I were to have that pretzel, but I was to move away from the mic. No,
0: but just no food.
1: Okay. Sorry. <laughs> just, no because,
0: do you know what it is? It's because I've got issues. I don't like... Hearing people chew and like if it's on a podcast, <laughs> like you know, hearing people like well, maybe people not, well, maybe just... people
1: out there love hearing people chew. No, you never know.
0: I know for a fact that a lot of my friends and family will back me on this one and say, maybe it's my friends and family thing." If yeah, You've just
2: tuned in. This is a podcast about social yeah, work sorry, and not sorry. about food or people's fears of hearing people chew food, <laughs> even though we all have. Anyway, them. where were we? What we do to today?
0: Today we are going to be uh, talking about um, representations of social workers mm. in the media, um, mm. and yeah, just kind of TV, yeah, film, mm. or yeah. newspapers. Yeah.
1: Why? Why did we pick this one? What? What's your? I have an idea of why we chose this one, but why? Why did we think that we? We kind of it was you, friend, who came up with the idea, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I think it was putting you on the I, spot. I think when we were thinking about, um, I guess, social work and introducing ourselves as social workers, I think when I was thinking about that, I guess it goes hand in hand with how other people mm. think about social workers, mm. and I was thinking about my social work identity. Um, which led on to kind of, yeah, wider representation, which mm. I think when other people chat to me about social work or ask me about social work, I think that's kind of informed by often TV, yeah, film and the media.
1: Mm. And I think that's generally linked in with one of the goals of the podcast is to kind of raise awareness and, and raise a kind of understanding about what social workers do. Like we talked about that a bit in the last episode. Um, but um i think when you think about how social work is represented in the media a lot of these people who are creating these social work roles or kind of talking about social workers they may not have as much of an understanding of what a social worker does um, mm. compared to us as social workers so i think that's probably also one of the reasons why we need to talk about this yeah, but social I issue mean,
0: you'd think that um they'd be you know they'd do some research and you know talk to someone and get some information rather than just i don't know i'd like to think that if you're trying to portray something that mm. you would do some research into it
1: but it, it, i think research is definitely done into it but i would argue to what extent okay because um i think it's so i some of my friends used to joke with me about oh what do social workers do are they removed? people's kids that's the first kind of yeah. go-to and i think maybe if if I've, i think about research with uh, levels that is probably level one research Then level two may be oh you work with people who are in need and stuff like that but the ins and outs and the um uh kind of um smaller details about what we do as social workers and what social workers do across the spectrum of social work is yeah probably something that it's not as accurately represented in the media as it probably could be. Is that yeah. fair enough to say?
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, and I don't know. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I agree that is often the kind of go-to that people think that's what we do all day long, like some sort of glorified child snatcher or something. <laughs> but it's not, it's not the reality. But yeah. I guess it's also hard for people um, to, I guess, think that, people may harm their children in some ways as well so mm. it's easy to think of the kind of worst aspect yeah. i think there's an aspect of that isn't there yeah um, of where the representation comes from mm. and and baby p i mean there's lots there's been lots and lots kind of written and spoken mm. about that but i think that's that prime example isn't it of uh the media um portraying social workers extremely negatively and um, for a child that was sort of harmed by parents but i think mm. and that's what people hold on to i guess those really big stories and not the other stories as well mm. yeah
1: so as social workers uh, i i wanted to ask when was your first kind of introduction to social work in the sense of what you knew how did you know what a social worker did um before you came into a professional did you know about social did you know about social workers
2: um I didn't no not really I mean I think for me as I said I lived with some uh, social workers um when I was kind of in my final year of university they were a year above me and that's like I think when I got introduced to social work um I'd had some interaction with adult social care before that in terms of um someone I was working for as a personal carer for a a lady, um, a blind lady who also had uh, MS, multiple sclerosis. So I had had interaction with adult social care, but Mm -hmm. not children's social care. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, And yeah, I think similarly, as I told my story in the last one, for those of you who listened to the last episode, if you haven't, then go back and listen to it. Mm -hmm. I told a really interesting uh, story of how I became a social worker, which included um, watching the TV programme with a social worker in it. And I think that was my first real introduction to what a social worker was and then I started to do my own research but I've always kind of seen social workers pop up in um shows like EastEnders yes I'm an EastEnders fan guilty pre- uh, guilty pleasure I, I was right. shocked Sorry. to
0: hear that you actually still watch it I mean well, I, th- that I, is I, I didn't say still but no, now but you, you just open steal. me up
1: <laughs> and just exposing me again on the podcast <laughs> But it's like yeah, you know, one of those things where you've just been doing since you were a kid, and you're like, "Oh, I just can't." Let I'm, go n- I'm not
0: sure that's a valid reason, <laughs> problem. I'm not sure. I do it for
1: research purposes. <laughs> okay, because, yeah, um, yeah.
0: Okay. What that, what does Eastenders um? How does Eastenders, <laughs> EastEnders depict social workers? Then? It's,
1: but it's really Is Pat it, Butcher still alive? Oh,
2: she's not. She's not. A sh-
1: but oh, then she did come back as a ghost. IRL a, dead uh, or uh, who?
2: I, I? R L. Come on, in, in real life. Oh, oh, I know what that means.
1: Younger, oh my god, you yes. two
2: are younger than me, and I'm done I'm with not, the kids.
1: I'm not. I'm young. I am i L. In real life.
2: So okay. is she? So she's the not,
1: actor.
2: The, the, the real Pam, woman. Pa, Pam, Pam sent Clement. Yeah. Oh,
1: is that her name? You know
2: name. Yeah. Is she alive?
1: In real life, I don't know. Oh, i, you're I not hope a super so fan. I but I is was Pat Butcher alive? No, pat but Pat Butcher is dead. And she came back as a ghost um, in one <laughs> <laughs> She did. Not as a ghost. Well, maybe as a ghost. So when Peggy Mitchell was dying. Okay, no,
0: no, let's not do this. <laughs> Come on. Okay, yeah, okay, no, 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 no. Okay, so, so EastEnders. EastEnders social workers. Back to
1: your question, how social workers <laughs> represented in EastEnders. You know what? Actually, you laugh at me for being a super fan, but um, with EastEnders being one of the most popular TV shows out there, I've kind of over the years seen how the represent. Presentation of social work has changed over the years okay. to becoming more and more accurate so I think what we kind of um it, it's closer now to what social workers do um IRL IRL yes <laughs> <laughs> compared to what it was before because I remember watching an episode way back in the day where this young teenage um girl in the program um had her wasn't able to care for her um new baby daughter and social workers were called and then the social worker just basically opened the door and said oh we have to take your child basically ripped the child out of her hand and drove into a car with no explanations no kind of understanding of the need to get a court order no like it was just like literally baby snatcher right so but that's really changed yeah um, and now it's probably much more detailed
2: yeah so it feels like maybe there has been some a research you know, i think there has been on. some
1: some research um and there has been a shift um and i can't really so the most recent storyline there's a social worker. one of the most recent storylines is a social worker and he plays a more accurate role of a social worker in the sense of talking about getting a special guardianship um assessment done which is um uh an assessment that's carried out on someone who wants to care for a child who's not not their own, a family member. Mm. Um, And um, the terminology was correct. The Mm. processes were sort of correct. It was a bit hickory pickety But you can tell that they've been talking to more people who are closely, who are social workers, more closely linked with with social work.
2: So that's good and that sounds more realistic. For me, I think I always find it funny and perhaps mildly offensive how... um, the sort of stereotype of how social workers look. So have you seen the film Precious?
0: No, I haven't seen seen Precious. So the social worker
2: in in there is Mariah Carey, which you wouldn't recognise. So she comes out with like a holy cardigan and a (laughs) moustache. And I'm just like, oh my God, like it's just this real stereotype. And, you know, me and Eugene do have moustaches, but (laughs) I don't don't know, I don't know, like... If that's it's a it. true representation, <laughs> what do you think?
1: Now, your moustache is fantastic, by the way. Oh, right? But it's pretty hard to boy see. Boy it.
2: You <laughs> don't have a okay. <laughs> hey, I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. Okay, you two can stop laughing now. <laughs> but yeah, there's something about that visual, isn't there, of, of association of it sort of being a predominantly white middle class uh, sort of almost do-gooder mm. kind of associated with I guess you know the development of social work and sort of philanthropy and uh, socks and sandals and a moustache mm. there is this sort of stereotype I don't know
1: no I think that that's pretty accurate in the sense of stereotype because I'm just thinking about these social workers who appeared in East Enders being um that way kind of inclined and and also that I don't know if you've uh watched uh i was just about to say precious it wasn't precious kiri yeah i've the seen recent kiri one. yeah um, have you seen it no i, didn't I haven't see seen it. it you've seen yeah, it yeah, all. Yeah, yeah 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 so how what was the social worker like in so America? the
0: social worker was kind of like she she wore a cardigan um <laughs> i think you said that yeah cardigans was a thing um and she was very kind of like busy um um she had a dog she also had a bit of an alcohol problem which yeah i don't i didn't i wasn't loving that part of her representation but mm. she kind of came across as you know wanting to like coming from a good place so wanting to do things yeah um, from a good place she wasn't you know it they didn't portray her as evil yeah um and I think that yeah, she she kind of you know went above and beyond um, her role. So she'd like take dinner around to one of her clients like late at night after work, and it was a bit of like a kind of um, I don't know like a, a do gooder, but not a like a, um, like a what's the word? Not like a misplaced do gooder. Mm. Like it was needed kind mm.
1: of thing. Um, what what type? Because I haven't seen it. It's on my list of things to watch. Mm. It was too um, busy with the EastEnders Omnibus. <laughs> <laughs>
2: List of things <laughs> after Eastenders.
1: Um, what I was going to say is, what what type of social worker was she? Was she children's and family, or was yeah, she child
0: and fa- no, she was child and family social worker. Okay. And and what what it kind of demonstrated was kind of how decisions that you make as a social worker, like mm. the kind of worst case scenario of yeah. what could happen. Because should I tell you what happens or not? Yeah, yeah, God okay. No, Spoiler forget. alert. Yeah. So um, <laughs> she places a black child with um white foster carers Mm. and i I think i can't quite remember but i think the plan was to adopt her um but she had some contact with her uh, kind of family of origin um but outside of the social, social worker kind of knowing that mm. um, and yeah, and in the end, it turns out that actually the, fam- the, the foster family are the ones that end up killing her. Oh, wow. Yeah, what exactly. So <laughs> oh, I know it's, it's a towards, dramatization. Yeah. Yeah. Towards the end, it got a bit oh, like yeah. fantastical and a bit yeah. dramatic. But you know, the beginning bit was kind of a bit more, they clearly what? had done their research. They clearly had done their research.
2: It's interesting because I, I suppose just from those ones, which are I guess fictitious characters, they sound like there hasn't been too bad, I guess, of portrayal. So maybe it, there's something about if we think about where a lot of people might get their information from around social work is in newspapers, yeah, and how how we are kind of represented there. Which I, can you have you seen anything remotely positive?
1: Mm, but I think in newspapers, like in generally, they only yeah tell bad news yeah, like, i've never definitely. seen a good it's almost there's not enough pages for good news like um you don't see like people having a segment on oh these are these are some good news stories um about social workers but the only time i see um social workers coming into the newspapers is when something really significant happens you mentioned baby p earlier Bam front page, Victoria Colimbe, Bam front mm. page, which were two really significant and high profile trage- tragedies. and mm. um, uh but to the layperson with no or minimum understanding of what a social worker does and then suddenly you're hit with these really massive stories, um significant stories, um uh, kind of profession defining stories, mm. then that's gotta be your only that's gotta be a huge factor. I remember working um as a social worker, um, in child protection after baby P and the common line I got from parents that I worked with was um you're you're here working with me when there's um more difficult cases to deal with. Mm, like get that now you, yeah you guys yeah. are the ones who yeah. like let baby P yeah um die and stuff like that. Um so newspapers is an interesting one. I still think with the media, one of the things that really comes to and you mentioned Kiri earlier the dramatization for some of some of a program is what probably sells it to the viewer makes people want to watch and even in that i think it's still important to have a representation of social work because i remember growing up watching animate bill did you guys watch that yeah remember that one
0: i watched um, animate yeah. bill
1: animate bill mm-hmm. um er um which was obviously about doctors then there's the number of um uh, shows or about teachers casualty hobby city these are all dramatised in order to sell to an audience, but they give a, a, a fundamental understanding of these respective roles. And that's, it's an attraction. So many people f- from when I was a kid wanted to be a lawyer, wanting to be a doctor, but there was nothing about social, social work. work. So that's yeah. what really... Yeah, really
0: yeah. yeah. I can't think of a programme actually where it's about social workers. Well, actually that damned programme. Yes, with, yeah. Um, Joe Brand. Joe yeah. Brand, yeah um yeah did you you watch that did either of you see that i I I watched a couple yeah i I watched a couple but it's not it didn't it's not made an like a like i can't remember it so it's not kind of like landed with me yeah Mm.
1: um and i did watch it but i thought it was too it played too much on the kind of Stereotypes of social workers and negative stereotypes, yeah. so being late, being flustered, being which was kind of probably its intention. Well, Nadia and
2: I late here today? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were, and we're flustered right now because, <laughs> yeah. of
1: because of the heat. Um, yeah, but I think it will, it had its um comedy spin. Like Joe Brown's a comedian, so I can mm. see what they were trying to do. Yeah, and a program like that in the wider context of positive representation of social workers would probably fit and do um really well but i think in mainstream kind of um shows there needs to be a kind of fundamental understanding
0: you were talking um earlier about um kind of profession defining um uh, cases like yeah. baby p and victoria columbia and we were we were talking a little bit before about rochdale and yeah. and you know the kind of um yeah child sexual exploitation yeah. stuff that came from that um and i was wanted to ask the diva if you watched the
2: three girls yes. program oh gosh yeah, yeah. That, that was, was deep amazing was so, so powerful, powerful. Oh, and i mean all of the kind of acting in it was they were brilliant the three the the, the women that played the three girls but mm. um yeah i mean that stood out again it was highlighting i guess failings of professions yeah social work and the police and i guess this is always the challenge isn't it between that story being told as well mm. mm. yeah for true. those young uh, people who were exploited in rochdale yeah
0: i remember i feel like they did that really well not just the kind of the girl story but also the story of the professionals yeah. um and i remember there's a scene where they're all like sat around a table and the social worker is basically like we can't deal with this child abuse because our systems aren't set up for it because it's abuse happening outside of the home. Like, and I just remember, oh yeah, like our systems before Rochdale weren't set up to kind of deal with abuse that wasn't happening in the home. Um, So yeah, I think, I think it was, it was a pretty, I thought it was, I thought they did that really well in terms of the social worker story.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I didn't walk away from that um, because every time I see a social work on TV being represented, I I kind of think to myself inside, "Come on, do it right, do it correct, yeah." Um, don't kind of make don't it flop, too f- yeah. Don't flop the show, really. <laughs> and I w- I stopped watching that and and was like, no window, kind of um real life story, thinking that it was well represented and um, yeah. Because uh, with good comes challenging, so it's not everything is a rosy situation.
2: Yeah, yeah. Any ideas just like kind of wrapping up that discussion around, I guess, how how we do hear some of those more positive stories? I think there, you know, yes, I suppose dramatization gives a bit of artistic license, but we're yeah. hearing that it is a bit more realistic. And then we've got kind of newspapers, as you said, like news cells that's kind of, you mm. know, the darker stories. But how do we get the more positive stories out there? Well, this is part or hopefully
0: an intention of this podcast in that we want we do want to have That a wasn't space. a plug by the <laughs> way
1: that was a that <laughs> was a <laughs> question
2: that i'd not just thought up here and is plugging but yeah
1: you can contact us as <laughs> yeah. at social matters on twitter and at social matters on instagram no
2: <laughs> but i think you know
0: it's true like i put you know part of our discussions when we got together to think about this podcast is like yeah. actually let's have a space where we can share good stories yeah like strengths um and you know have a bit of a positive kind of vibe going on because social worker is social work is not all doom and gloom no not all doom and gloom at all
1: and also have a, a space through the wonderful realms of social media where people who are social workers um can contact us and can contribute and even and for those who aren't social workers who um have questions like who literally don't know anything about what we we do is to kind of um have this space to to not only listen to us and talk about social work but talk about social matters and social issues but also to get involved because social work isn't is a part of social work is around social justice and social inequality and i think the latter is a responsibility of everyone not just us as social work professionals
2: Part of the podcast um, each week, we're going to kind of have a think about um, maybe something topical um, that has happened for one of us—topical in the news, sort of current affairs—or maybe something that's um, caught her eye, our eye, their eye, his yeah, I eye. Like, I
1: was like, "Why did you <laughs> did say all seeing eye?"
2: <laughs> Multi gendered eye um, caught one of our eyes. I'll get there. Um, so. We were having a kind of chat before and um, we were thinking like Nadia's got something that she was kind of just talking to us about before yeah. before today in the podcast. So yeah, to you.
0: I thought I really wanted to kind of um, have a discussion with you guys about um, the kind of knife crime situation that's mm-hmm. happening in London at the moment. And the reason that is so kind of pertinent to me at the moment is because um the a stabbing happened on my road like just a couple of weeks ago mm. um and yeah it, it just it just you know I'm born and raised London I've lived it all my life like stabbings have always happened kind mm. of um yeah in and around um but it's literally almost like came to my door like yeah. literally and I just thought yeah it's stuff that i'm dealing with in social work as a social worker and i thought it'd be good mm. for us to just yeah
2: yeah talk about it really um yeah, yeah. it's in- it's interesting you say uh born and raised london and it's kind of always happened um because i'm not from london everybody um i'm Keto, from Keto. Yorkshire. <laughs> i say to these two do i have an accent they were like Mwah! i don't think i do have a very strong accent but anyway yeah, i'm accent. from yorkshire um it's, it's sort of it, it's sad as well isn't it that you say that it's always happened i mean that's a sort of quite matter of fact yeah quite, quite sad thing yeah do you have you noticed that there, there has been an increase or it's got worse thinking about your own uh kind of experience growing up in london because yes you know it's always been there but
0: mm,
2: is it- i think it has
0: always been there i think you know, I kind of have a bit of a skewed view maybe because of my role as a social worker. So I am working with young people who do carry knives, who are involved in, in, you know, uh, just knife crime and, you know,
1: Mm.
0: criminal behaviour. So maybe, yeah, maybe my perception of it is a little bit skewed, but I don't know, you know, kind of links in with the media thing, actually, you know, because media is more omnipresent is that the right word it is more um, maybe yeah (laughs) we'll see but you know it just means that it is brought to the uh, the forefront a bit more yeah um i'm not sure
1: yeah no i would agree with that. i think it's a bit of both i think there definitely has been a change because i remember like um if you haven't been able to tell by my voice i'm a man i'm a black man and i remember um growing up and um friends of mine i was quite a good boy but i didn't i only got into one fight as a kid but friends of mine like would get into arguments get into fights like there'll be fights outside there'll be fights in this called playground and stuff like that um but when i was a kid you it, there was never a real fear that if i got into this crap that someone else will have a knife basically mm, um that's and I, true I, and, and i think that's what's been the shift now is that i think if i reflect on my Time growing up as teenagers as a teenager, and um, there was an idea that a selected few will have 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 knives or that you have to be in certain kind of circles Same. but I think what i what we're hearing now with the way that knife crime is reported in the media um many of the victims are are not necessarily involved in in um gangs or involved in any difficulties they're in the wrong place at the wrong time they may be stopped um because someone wants their phone or someone wants money or um, mistaken identity. Like a while ago, um, it's not knife crime, but the girls who got shot mm. outside because of a drive-by shooting and things like that. Um, so I think now there's a bit, I think there is a bit of an increase. I think it's it's um, moving towards the normalised end of the spectrum. But I agree with you. I think because of social media, because of the way things are reported in the media, it's much more um talked about now than in the past
0: yeah i mean you know i think it is fair to say that there there has been an increase um because we were kind of doing a little bit of reading before and um they like the statistics kind of show from um when it originally first started or when statistics when the recordings of crime first started happening in 2011 and it has kind of gone up in the past seven years Mm. um I I read a like quite scary statistic that um one person is stabbed every day in uh, not every day sorry every three days in London Mm. um and yeah I suppose I wasn't hearing about that kind of that frequency when I was younger. But yes. yeah, you know, I think it's it's a difficult one because it, I, I, I know that, especially the area I grew up, that there was a lot of crime and there was a lot of, um, there were a lot of fights and a lot of stabbings that mm. I, I, I know of that um, mm. growing up. But I suppose having the statistical kind of data um, and having it being actually recorded now kind of,
2: yeah, makes it a bit more... I don't know. It's scary for
0: Yeah, it's yeah. It's really scary.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Because there is, as you said, Eugene, I think there is the sort of, we're seeing more of it kind of in the reporting of it, but that's also as a direct result of it increasing. Like it's at its highest in six years, the stabbings in London. So, you know, it is. it is a real kind of worrying problem and it's just happening so frequently that is is it kind of just normalized for a lot of the young people we might work with that you will know someone yeah um, who has been stabbed and at worst case killed from a knife yeah yeah i think
0: something that i i think is important for us to to remember or hold in mind is that the like young people aren't like demons or you know these like evil people or you know they're they're very much kind of influenced by by the context that they're in and the system that they're in and you know who they move with what what is happening politically what is happening kind of socially and I think you know it's not to you're not to excuse them for carrying a knife but you when you kind of look a little bit wider kind of you know Widen the lens a little bit it just kind of gives you a little bit more understanding about what it is these young people are dealing with because more time they're carrying to protect themselves um so yeah
1: yeah and i think that's completely right is is it kind of feel like one of the questions that was just coming into my head as you were talking that is is what what pushes someone to kind of go to their kitchen drawer or contact someone or, or do what you need to do in order to get a knife and then pull it on yeah. your person like there's something whether it's fear whether it's um the, the kind of needs to get revenge or whatever and even in with the kind of recent increase in in knife crime my kind of ideas around why that's happened is because people the young people hearing the rise in knife crime and now want to protect themselves even more. Mm. So, those who may not have previously gone to carrying knives or may have been on the cusp of it now feel actually, um, I need to carry a knife because everyone else is. That's that's the kind of feeling that I have and what you're saying um before nadia is completely right around the context in which they grow up in like the way that poverty hits that the way that um uh oppression hits that social inequality hits that um and kids at the age of um 13 14 15 16 17 possibly not seeing um what's possible for them mm. out there in, in life if you have something to lose then you're probably going to be more reluctant to mm-hmm. um be in certain situations but if you feel that you have nothing to lose because there's a um, minimal hope in society then yeah you've got to care less
0: it does it when i was doing a little bit of reading on this beforehand um i went to the research website and um there, there's like a little caption just before the briefing and it says um knife crime is a persistent and worrying concern especially as it impacts on young people and the disadvantaged mm. like these are the people that we're working with yeah. every day. Um yeah. and yeah, it, it just kind of it, it just made me feel so sad that it yeah. is such a such a uh an issue among that group of people, young people and disadvantaged people. Like it's just it's just another
2: factor, another thing that they're dealing with. Absolutely. And it is, as you said, if we're thinking, you know, young black boys yeah. are disproportionately Uh, kind of represented here when we're thinking about these figures. And as you said, Eugene, thinking about kind of um, other kind of intersecting factors of disadvantage and oppression um, and racism that might be going on as well. Mm. It's I mean, it's a complex issue, um, but I think it's important to acknowledge the race aspect in it. Yeah.
1: And I think that's completely right because um, so I was reading an article um, about the kind of recent... Uh, increase in stop and search um, and um, as a tool and as a method I think from a police perspective they see this as a effective way in kind of finding out who is carrying knives and who, who who are not but then in the briefing room when the police officers are all gathering around I don't know how they do it but then you have to give someone an idea of what this person looks like mm. and um, statistically I don't know the statistics but from a police perspective they may be of the uh, uh, opinion that it is the young black man who's most likely to carry a knife and that causes, causes them to um do more stop and searches on on people young black guys who who carry knife who carry knives mm. and then that causes the young um black boys to um have like a like feel further Oppressed by the structure, by the system around mm. them, and um, to not give, um to not care about that, and then to um choose to battle that in 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 whatever way. Like for me, being a, a, a black man, I'm 34, but I still look young and fresh. All and right, could <laughs> for <laughs> 22. But I'm I'm conscious about times when I'm um, I'm walking down the street and my head is cold, I just got my hair cut, so it's low, and I choose to put my head up, to put my hood up on my jacket to keep my head warm, but conscious about how that is perceived, and Mm. then seeing people um, cross the road or kind of jitter a little bit when I walk past them, and the thought I have in my head is that I'm a social worker, you could have just been passed by a safer person, Mm. but it's, and to an extent, I don't blame the lay people, because it's about what, it's a dominant message, what are the dominant stories that are um uh painted of young looking or young black men when it comes to crime, when it comes to knife crime. And I don't know how you change that.
2: Well a lot just listening to you then I guess it's thinking about the relationship of the police with the community. And I suppose if we're thinking on the topic of race, um you know, it's how many years? 25 years since Stevens Lawrence, mm-hmm. Lawrence's murder mm-hmm. and um, the McPherson report that found like, institutional racism within the Met Police Force. So if we're thinking of kind of action to try and address this kind of very kind of, worrying problem particularly within London then it's a lot about the relationship with the police and the community isn't yeah. it and I, I guess it's kind of thinking about how that trust is broken mm. um, and how we can think and focus on, on that perhaps yeah. um, because I'm really interested in the work of the violence reduction unit in Glasgow mm. um, so they were set up in 2005 to tackle Glasgow's deeply rooted knife um, culture mm. and amazing statistics so a little over a decade ago Glasgow was had the second highest murder rate in Western Europe um, but murder rates fell by 47% in 2007 and 2008. Wow. And in 2016 and 17, no one under the age of 20 was killed with a sharp no instrument in Glasgow, way. which is amazing. Whoa. So, you know, what what is it that's kind of They're going on there yeah. that's so different? And I think one of the things that the, uh, the Violence Reduction Unit or the VRU says is around... Um, sort of championing a borough by borough approach because Mm. london is a massive place and such diversity across the boroughs and so rather than a kind of london-wide approach thinking about how you can focus on each borough and getting to know um what's going on in that community and speak to people in the community and kind of get quite grassroots and Mm. have those links there so again you know that i think is something that could be adopted and to, to think about as well. I think the other key thing is is around, I guess, government um, funding and a long-term approach. So they've had kind of cross-party backing and, mm-hmm. and funding and support, which is obviously key to any of these initiatives. Yeah. that We need
0: to be hitting up Sadiq, innit? <laughs> so let's, yeah. Go talk to the guys in Scotland. Yeah. That's, that sounds so incredible.
1: Yeah, mm. And I think that's... It, it's really interesting that... Well, the fact that they were able to do it. Like, I'll, I ha- haven't heard of this organisation before. No. I want to kind of go out and find a lot more um, about them. Um, but what you were saying around um, the intervention work, I, I often think that it's intervening or, or kind of talking about um, the relationships, not only with um, the individuals, their families and the police, but the individuals, the families and the wider structure of government society, Doing this at a very early age because, for my like, I remember working as a um, social worker in child protection and working with a lot of young um, black boys who were involved in knife crime as teenagers, and um, having a conversation with them about their relationship with help. So, us as a helping profession, their relationship with power. So, police authority figures in school, youth offending, and um, it was all the relationship that was so difficult to turn around so um what messages are are they getting from an early age from media we talked about media as well um before but what messages are they getting from media and also from their parents who probably to keep them safe say don't trust the police
2: yeah absolutely and i think the relationship with help is really key and help i guess being and support being the operative word i mean I don't know about you two, but I've worked with uh, young people or or certainly young people within families as well, where um, they have experienced a friend being killed via knife crime in in, in kind of my social work profession. And as you said, I often think what help and support and counselling and and therapy or whatever they might need have have these young people had. So when we hear about all these uh, young people and being tragically killed and murdered, what support are they getting in the aftermath of of losing a friend, mm. and then to still carry on, perhaps living in that community, and um, with that fear, still carrying a knife that it might be them one day? Like, where is the support, you know, for those young people in the aftermath?
1: And it's really interesting you say that, and you guys are going to laugh at me. I'm making another link back to Eastenders, <laughs> 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 source of all your knowledge. <laughs> but really powerful, uh, really powerful recent storyline around a young boy who was tabbed in Eastenders and um i think previously in tv programs they've done that and they've like oh he got stabbed and then it, someone's crying for like a couple of episodes but he's going have really gone hard and looked yeah. at the impact that it's had on his mum, on the wider family on his friends um on the whole kind of community and they have also drafted in um uh Real-life parents who have had their kids stabbed and yeah. family members, and they've played parts in the episodes, all, all kind of talked over, and um, to kind of brilliant. share about the impact of. of, You're of trying to make me watch Extenders? No, yeah. I tell you, man. Is.
0: Of all so avoid Brilliant, and I guess yeah. there are
2: things out there, and it's not to say that they're not. I'm sure there are a lot of organisations helping, helping, uh, kind of victims in the wider family. I guess we just need more yeah. of it.
1: One hundred percent, and that's exactly what I was getting at in the sense of it needs we need more of that and it's not about like what EastEnders did was was great and I think it's about that being and Mm -hmm. something as big has that has as much of an audience as EastEnders um, does so important for that for them as a kind of moral responsibility to do something like this and I think more and more people need to be doing it because it raises awareness
0: yeah well I was thinking about this um i don't know if it was a political thing or whatever but do you remember the like slogan like hug a hoodie do you remember that yeah yes like, it was a political was it movement. a political I thing think it was a,
1: i think a. don't know don't quote me on this but i think it was focused around like changing people's thought patterns or the behaviors of...
0: and i mean i think the sentiment behind. i don't fully i can't fully remember it but i think the sentiment behind it i can kind of connect with in that just remember that these people are kids and that they're young people and they're human like maybe not hug them because they'll just tell you straight Move from me like why are you trying to hug me but (laughs) but like i get i get the kind of yeah i get it because i do think that we can't we can't walk around being scared of these guys because they're they're children they're they're children like they're young people they're you know they they, they've come from not just always difficult homes you Mm. know they've come from a whole a whole kind of range of issues so i do Mm. think that yeah we need to hold in mind they're just human
1: yeah and also give i think give these because for people who come from um like children don't choose what areas they they are kind of brought up in or they can't help the fact that um they come from uh deprived backgrounds or social social economic status is not great but what we have to do as social workers but also as as people because it is a social issue it's a social matter is to give people um give young people the idea of hope the, the exactly. idea that there's there's much more out there because like people young people need to not look at someone in a really high position and think oh I can't do that they should look at that person and think okay if I work hard if I focus on what I need to do I can achieve that but they need people around them not only adults as in their parents but everyone else to be like you can yeah definitely do it definitely. and we we'll support you in doing that
0: and there are and there are organisations out there, like you say, Fran, that there are places and charities and things out there that are doing amazing work yeah. with with young people. And actually, they should be getting some more airtime um, in in newspapers and you know have features and all the rest of it. Because yeah, there there is excellent work going on.
2: But we definitely need uh, you know within the UK and well within England rather and London to really think about. Trying something different because we've got really amazing evidence from Scotland. Yeah. Exactly, that works. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I said, Sadiq, you need to go and talk to um Scotland. I realised some people might not know who I was talking about, so Sadiq Khan is the our mayor of London. If you're yeah. you're not from London and you're listening from somewhere else, just yeah, that's who he is.
1: But I
2: also um, like that you were talking to Sadiq then,
0: yes, so he's yeah, like mate. Yes, Sadiq, right, mate. listening. Yes, yeah, Sadiq, you're listening, come on you're
1: the right. show. Yeah. Definitely, we'd we'll love well, to have Sadiq Khan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in um, and listening to us. We are the Social Matters Podcast. If you would like to hit us up, please do. We are on Twitter and our handle is at Matters Podcast. And that's the same on Instagram as well. Um, if you would like to give us some feedback, we'd be so, so grateful. and um, We'd like to kind of hear from you what you've enjoyed, um, what you think that we could improve on, um, make suggestions for topics that we can discuss. And, and, yeah, we'd be happy to consider them. So, yeah, please give us some feedback guys
2: and any thoughts or comments and anything we've
0: discussed today as
2: well yes yeah. and
1: continue the conversation yes. like um not only with us on twitter but amongst yourselves because um this is more than just um what we do in this room but it's something for everyone to do so yeah definitely continue the conversations
0: yeah. all right guys take care bye, bye. bye.